It's the one place in all of the internet where you'll find four guys talking pro wrestling way too seriously. Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster, Brandon Linton, and WWE superstar AJ Francis. This is Jobbing Out. What's up? What's up? What's up? Welcome into episode number point one two of Jobbing Out. Anyone? Alcohol content? Yes, it's my current blood alcohol content. (laughs) I am a hi. I'm Glenn. Of course, that's Brandon and Aaron. I don't know why we're doing this. We promised. We said we might not do a show this week. I would have been just fine not doing it. And then I went and got drunk. And then these boys were like, hey, let's do a show. Motherfuckers. Makes it way more fun. Yeah, hey, we don't, we don't cancel our shit because of COVID. Well, we probably should have. Um, <laughs> couple of things. One, uh, I, I, we're going to do – this is going to be a quick one this week. We're, we're not – no, get – if you missed last week, we had the Young Bucks on. Like, go, go listen to that. And um, – <laughs> That was good. By the way, you want to fade down the music? I did once or twice. I don't know. It's down. I don't know what you're. That's weird. It is down totally, almost. Now it's gone. That's weird. It's a weird bit. I'm uh, hearing it. I don't know why it was faded. It's gone now. Now it's totally gone. But I mean, it was down to like you know whatever the. If it was on a one to ten, it was down to about a, a about what my blood alcohol level was. It was about a point one two. I don't. Fair enough. I don't know why that was uh, coming over so loud for you. Um. What the hell was I saying? Yeah, so we'll do the show, but it's going to be quick. We're just going to recap quickly what happened. At the... We're doing it on Wednesday, so we haven't even seen like AEW for this week or NXT for this week or SmackDown for this week. All we've got to work with is Survivor Series and Raw. And obviously, there's just so many scary, important things that we need to discuss from that. What the hell do you want to talk about this week? Well, we can discuss The Undertaker's final farewell. It happened. Cool. Now what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean that you could say that about every Survivor Series and well, yeah, really I don't pretty much every Raw thing too. It happened. No, not every. I mean, like we we know. No, I disagree with that. I disagree with that. Look, I, I I'm not offended. It's, it, again, it's a fine line for me. Like I'm, it, it does, did I like something? Am I offended by it? The Undertaker thing happened, right? And in the world of allowing yourself to get caught up in emotions and not caring about whether something is real or not, like I'm sure there were some wrestling fans that were like emotional about. Th- the problem is. We've been doing with this with the fucking Undertaker for how long? They I never think, actually said. Nobody's ever no, said. But he, but he left. He left his hat and the jacket back in. That's Orlando. what I'm saying. We, like this is. This we, is yeah, but Cena did the same thing. I, Cena put the armband in the, the ring or whatever bit, the one time. Ha, we've done the same Undertaker thing so many times. I don't know what th- this is not. Ric Flair after being retired by Shawn Michaels, and even that we thought was flimsy, right? Like, this is all we've done with The Undertaker the last hundred times we've seen him, other than WrestleMania matches, is he comes out, the gong hits, he walks out, he says, rest in peace, and that's it. We've done the same Undertaker bit for five years. Uh, ironically, the flair is the one that held up. That's Brown. Well, well it, specifically it didn't in WWE, because he right. was wrestling three months later for Impact. Well, but nobody, no, no, but nobody no, no, cares no. about that. Right. He, they can't control what Impact does. No, they, well, I, they, I agree with Brandon. In WWE world, yeah. that held up. That was as close yeah. as the one as we've gotten that that holds up. Even though we have gotten a lot of flair, just not in the ring. Correct. It was legitimately his final match. But and, they retired him. Right. And, and 
right. we pretend that nothing else exists in WWE. So right, I, no, I'm yep. I'm actually fine. The Ric Flair thing, by the way, is the one yep. that stands up the most overwhelmingly. Well, yes. there was another one, but they screwed that up. Right, they screwed it up. Shawn Michaels. We're going to pretend that it didn't I mean, get screwed up. Well, no, it never happened. It it happened. Nope. Um, it did. So, like, it's it was fine. It was lovely. But I, how was it any different than anything we've seen from the Undertaker? And the same, th- there was nothing about it that stood out for me in any way. In fact, it was almost awkward to me. It was very awkward. Well, that's that's what I was going to say. Like, if that is it, if that is his retirement ceremony, that was a dog shit retirement ceremony. But why? Why was that? I, I, Here's where I like, disagree- as you said, it was super awkward. It wasn't no, like I, I actually disagree with you. I think it was just overthought. I think if they just did the thing with Vince and that was it, great. Well, I don't, I don't like, care about that. I, I mean, like Survivor Series was really weird, in which they were telling us on one hand that Survivor Series mattered, which we all know it doesn't, and then making it clear how much it doesn't doesn't matter because Survivor Series was only about this Undertaker retirement ceremony. This isn't like this person has had one match in the last. This person is retired. This isn't Edge coming out and saying my neck is broken and this is a big deal. This is someone who has barely been a part of programming in any way suddenly being retired and we're now stopping the world for their retirement ceremony. And I get it. The Undertaker's a significant figure and if we are to believe that they're done, that he's done wrestling, he deserves a lot of credits. But this is, this is so forced. This is the, yeah. the Undertaker is not a part of programming and hasn't been for a really fucking long time. We're with pretending the, with the exception of the one thing a year, right? Other than showing right. up once a year. Imagine, imagine somebody at your work that like you barely know, but happens to have worked there for fifty years, and you're making it seem like the most important thing that's going on is this one person who's barely there. It, it's weird, and, so and here's the funny thing, like. My my guess is that this was supposed to be the WrestleMania thing. Not this specifically, but like this idea was that like they were going to do that then. And because they had to pivot and do what they did, they still felt, like you said, it was super forced. Oh, we just happened to realize that this is the 30th anniversary of his debut. We must do some send off thing, you know, after we did the documentary and all that stuff. Like, I do think, you know. I see where it happened. I still don't think it was a good idea. And it's it's almost insane because they had they they walked into the the best thing we've seen all year. One of the best things we've seen all year, they stumbled into with the boneyard match. And how they didn't just like have him ride away on the motorcycle and like put something up to give you an idea that that's him leaving. Like that well, he, I fine. mean, it's possible that I, he didn't make a final, you know, decision sure. for them. He didn't until, actually declare yet, right? right. And, and I, I really think they kind of always had this date circle, the thirtieth, and you know, the past few years on Survivor Series, they've been making a bigger deal about, you know, Survivor Series is when the uh, even when Undertaker yeah, wasn't on the right. show. So I, I feel like this date was kind of always circled, and maybe it was. But my point being, it's so much more uncomfortable because it's something that does that these two things are completely separated. The Undertaker has nothing to do with WWE right now. Like it doesn't have he doesn't have anything to do with Raw. He doesn't have anything to do with SmackDown. Now I get that like they feel because he's a big deal that they can get some extra clicks and some extra views or whatever it is because they acknowledge and all the, the Undertaker. Sports Illustrated articles I, I, that and, came out and, and all that fine. stuff. And that's fine. And I'm not I'm not even offended by that. But you have to acknowledge how awkward it is. If that segment 
occurs on a random Monday night, it's not nearly as awkward, right? Like, it's part of Raw in a week, but frankly, we don't really need three hours of Raw every week, um, where you can do something like that, and it's not... This is... We're legitimately telling you that everything else we're doing on this card is irrelevant in comparison to this retirement ceremony for someone who's barely been a part of what we do. You yeah, it was, and, and and the other, you know, to prove your point, this was not nearly as bad as, but this was in the same uh, cul-de-sac as the Triple H thing they did. That was a complete disaster. Well, I, mean, that, I mean, that was this that, was not a complete disaster, no. but. The idea is in the realm of uh, the uselessness of it, you know? Right. It doesn't like, push anything further along for you. It's doing yeah. it for the sake of doing it, which, again, like, The Undertaker, this is a weird world. Mark Calloway, the performer, is certainly deserving of, like, an acknowledgement. He's certainly deserving of something. But it, it, it is far different if you're someone who's been a regular versus someone who's barely been there. And, and that's the part that you can't escape. You're retiring someone who's been retired. Like the you know, the other thing is, I, I had a little voice in the back of my mind telling me this was a bit to get to his WrestleMania match. 100%. The, the way it was drawn out with all the, like they had all those people come out and then they, were, they came out for no reason. The only, I was thinking the only reason to do that is because you're setting up some sort of attack and you need Undertaker to be alone. And then they all disappeared. <laughs> right. I mean, it's it, it was weird. There's no doubt. That, that's, it was... why, that's one of the reasons why I said it was so awkward is because, like, you had all those guys. And, and some of them, like, they didn't even really explain to people who didn't understand why the Godwins were there, why Savio Vega was there. Well, and they, they then mentioned there was no it. reason for them to be there because they disappeared before the Undertaker well, they didn't, No, the announcers did explain they did. that. They mentioned that. They did. They, they mentioned the crew and the whole – I mean, like, they did. Okay. And, and that's fine. I, I, like, I must have I missed that or forgotten I, I'm not for, – for I, I, I mean, Michael Cole did, like, a – a thousand words in one minute explanation. Gotcha. It wasn't like it wasn't explained, you know, in great detail. It was like, this is all I got. You know, it was the typical Michael Cole, like right, right. getting it we, in. We all know that wrestling is better when it serves a purpose, right? Like when what you're doing matters and it's not just doing it for the sake of doing it. Brandon, to your point, the triple H thing was so embarrassing, but it was also embarrassing combined with painful, right? Like it was, yeah, it was embarrassing, and then it was really bad on top of this. This was not painful. This was, you know, quite sweet if you care deeply about The Undertaker. Now, I think the WWE, there's also the line here, where, like, the WWE really wants us to care more about The Undertaker than we do because it's the only character they have that's only theirs, right? Like, that they don't share it in any way. This was Vince's creation. It's a big deal to him. And that's why this all feels a little bit circle jerky on top of everything, right? Like, sure. yes, we're celebrating Mark Calloway, but what we're really celebrating was this was mine. I came yeah. up with this. I did this. This was the one thing that I have that I don't have to worry about, you know, any other company having any other right to, that it's this is my thing that I want you to celebrate, right? Like, so there's a little bit of that that goes in with it. Um, but it, it, wrestling will forever eternally be better when what you're doing has a purpose, when at the end of the night, the last thing you see has value to, to get you to tune in the next night. So with that in mind, I understand why like a lot of people felt like this this had to be a setup. This had to be a setup for something. I didn't think I couldn't I, I don't believe, I genuinely in my heart of hearts don't believe that they would have gone through the lengths that they went through to try to get all the publicity that they did in order to set up another match. I, I think that they understand that there is there is a limit 
to how much people will allow you to get away with, right? Like, and if, yeah. and if you go and ask every effing publication in the country to do something about The Undertaker retiring only to hoodwink them, I get it, it's the WWE, and that's sort of part of the, the deal, but this was this was a stretch. I mean, they, this wasn't them going to, like, one or two partners. This was going to everyone. This was literally going to every media company in the world and asking them for coverage. If you then pull the, the, the wool over there and say, ah, ha, ha, we were in all, all along, I don't think that goes over so well. I think that there ends up being a repercussion for that. So I didn't expect it to be a match, but I did think there had to be something, something that had to come out of it in some way that benefited someone moving forward, and that didn't happen. And it doesn't mean that it wasn't nice, and it doesn't mean that it wasn't sweet or whatever the F it was, but it was really further proof of how irrelevant Survivor Series is, which is this was, you know, this is one of our big pay-per-views of the year, so much so that we can dedicate the entire final hour to something that has nothing to do with it and has no payoff moving forward whatsoever. It just exists in and of itself and, and is of no value to us uh, long-term in any way. I mean, final 25 minutes, but yes, fair point. Um, the, let, I mean, can we pivot to that a little bit? Because here's the other absurd thing. You actually conceptualized a way to make this matter and didn't mention it on the show because they probably made it up the next day. But like, if the winning team, if you were going to, you know, if Adam Pierce was going to say, hey, the guys who, you know, who survived from the Raw team get to compete for a title match, that's exactly what we've been wanting. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, like, no, 100%. Yeah. Like, that, like, it's, like they it's did so it, easy. but they didn't do it. You know what I mean? Like, they ended up doing it, but because they didn't do it on the show, I can't give them credit for it. I mean, sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, 100%. Like, like I, was think- I was thinking in this thought, like, before we came on, and I was like, do I? Do I, do I want to give them credit for doing this? But, like, I can't because they didn't say it at Survivor Series. No, they don't deserve any credit for it in well, any way. No. Plus, that's not what they did because Randy Orton got the shot, too. So it wasn't well, but just that's, but that. That's, but it's not a reach to say that someone But who, he just right, lost no, the title. No, I, right. I, I understand that. But it, but as as you were saying, it wasn't like it was conceptualized beforehand. It was something that they very clearly made up after. Right, and that's why I don't want to give them much credit for it. I agree with that. I guess what I would, to Brandon's point, like the, the idea is, could, could you do? Can you can you take that with you? Can you acknowledge, yeah. hey, there's value in this? Maybe next year we announce that. And again, it still doesn't explain why everybody else cares, right? Like it still doesn't explain why, if you're in the tag team championship match, it matters versus doesn't matter. But at least it gives something. Again, I've, th- this well, I this is and. It, I know this is flimsy, but I thought they did a good job in the Roman Drew McIntyre match by explaining why they cared, right? I mean, like to some extent, sure. Like to some extent, I know it's flimsy, and I know it's kind of you know, but at least it was something. Well, it was but, like, yeah, well, it, it was it was I want to prove I'm the best of the best, right? Which is which is an explanation. It's something. I don't doubt that. Yeah. I don't disagree. But, that that's, but I'm I'm really glad they pivoted away from the Raw is better than SmackDown thing because that, um, that, i mean i i don't i i actually think it would be better if it was raw i think it'd be better if it was raw is better than smackdown but combined with some a reason why you give a shit like i it, i know but i mean like why does like why does drew mcintyre care that you think raw is better than smack I, I i don't i just can't buy into that Especially if it's a Roman. Like, why does he give a shit what you think about the show? He's yeah, I, selfish. Well, he I only cer- cares about I, himself. I certainly understand for that character. Well, 
Yeah, for but the it, care and but though I think they did a good okay job saying you know SmackDown is more important because I'm all like it, it's not so much it's if SmackDown's more important that makes me more important. Well, and that's fine, but I still yeah. all again all of this is so easy, and I and I'm going to say it like right. a broken record. Yes, we, we, we we've gone through. We this. all know yeah. what the the answer is very obvious. The van, answer is simple, and that's why again you don't really care that Raw is better than SmackDown. You care about yourself, and in order to get that benefit for yourself, Raw has to be better than SmackDown. Like, the, the two things end up sort of walking hand in hand in the process. It doesn't really explain why those five people would want to come together for a, a common goal unless there's a common goal that they all individually happen to hold. Um, yes, sure. Did it, did it end up, you know, like, was there a good story told between Roman Reigns and, and Drew McIntyre? Ultimately, there was. Now, they told it over the span of, what, six days? Um, seven days? Eight days, I guess? Eight days? So it's a it's still a little weird um but but it was a good one and it worked and i was i was into that match and by the way the tag team match was tremendous but it was tremendous in the context of it still doesn't really matter who wins um at the end of the day i i just didn't care i was into the match um and more so than i was into say the bucks and the the you know ftr but I still didn't care ultimately who won the match because it didn't really mean anything. And I do think that there's, I'm all for like competitors, especially faces being respectful towards each other. But again, they're sort of telling you this doesn't matter when you lose a match that's supposed to be significant. And afterwards you're, you're just all in on celebrating with the other team. It's sort of announcing to everybody. It's because this doesn't give mean anything. It's because who gives a shit? What happened in the course of this match? So what? So we lost. Who cares? It's Survivor Series. It's completely fucking irrelevant. So we can hop around and celebrate with the other guys afterwards like we didn't just lose the match. It, it, this will eternally be awkward without any stakes. And it goes back to why, again, it, it kind of doesn't matter that they gave away this whole thing to this, this Undertaker thing. Because what they're really telling you is what we know all along. Survivor Series is bullshit. It's it's not a thing. It's it's wildly irrelevant and we're going to keep telling you how irrelevant it is over and 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 over again. Like beat you over the head with how re- irrelevant the entire thing is. Yeah, it it was a big raw. I mean, that's what it was. It was a big raw. It was a really good raw, but it was I mean, it was a less relevant big raw where like they they got some story beats in, but I mean, nothing like, significant really obviously, happened. Obviously, last week, Raw was far more significant than Survivor Series. I was going to say, yeah, yeah, Raw has story beats. Survivor Series, for the most part, I mean, what real things happened in it that were relevant to a story beat? I mean, the Lana thing is continuing. I mean, that's a story beat, for sure. Okay, yes, that that is a story. That is the one story beat. That, and you could, if you really want to say Jey Uso, you can say that as well. By the oh, way, I mean, that's yeah. even more significant. Yeah. Well, and, and again, we we're taping this without having seen SmackDown this week. I, I keep coming out of this. I know what AJ said a week ago. Like, what what are you doing if this is not coming back to Jey Uso at, 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 at WrestleMania? What the? Well, here's one other problem. There was another seed planted at Survivor Series that could. Be, I mean, they could definitely go back to Drew at this point. Why would you want that? Well. I'm, I'm, t- I'm you telling you what right I saw now. with my eyes. I'm not telling you I want it, but like the work they did suggested we're going to get that match again at some point. To, that to doesn't me, have to they're be. They're screaming. This title reign for Drew is lasting a little while. 
to me, I, I'm, no, no, if no, I'm, I'm not saying it has to be then. I'm just saying no. the way they ended that match. Oh, sure. I mean, down the line, if you're telling me in 2020, you know, down the line at a big pay-per-view somewhere, saying, you know, I'm coming back I, somewhere. I, yeah, I got to be honest. I, you know the I, way they book things. If they just decide February 15th that they want to do that, they'll figure out a way to do that it. That comes know? off more happy accident to me. That It felt more like, how do we best protect Drew here, knowing he's got to take the loss? That It felt way more to me about protecting we, Drew than it did about, we need to make sure we're setting up another match at some point. Now, again, if... If but ultimate, I mean, everybody saw what happened. It was money. I, I mean, like that match, you have to go back. No, to it, it. it was great. But you say you have to go. I think if if there the opportunity presents itself, you do it. Um, I did not come out of that with anything of you better go out of your way to find a way for that no, opportunity. No, no, no. To I came itself. out of it concerned that it's on their clipboard. Do you know what I'm saying? And that if you know, let's say that they've laid out the scenario that we want, which is Roman versus. Jay Uso. Well, we know in the past there was a lot of other things we wanted that got laid out this early that got supplanted by something on the clipboard that they just decided they want for whatever reason. I, we have a list of things we want to do at some point and insert Vince McMahon idea here well, or whatever. I, I, let me let me go twofold. One being like that for one night you got that out of Roman and Drew that like ah this might be something we want to go back to the the prevailing story that exists in WWE, in the world of WWE, the, the story you care about week in and week out is the other one. So one... Yeah, absolutely. One, no, no, no. Right. One doesn't outweigh the other. I'm more concerned they just knee-jerk react to guys we want to see. You know what I mean? The, the and only, when I say we, I mean... If, if they were on I, the... I, I think if this was on the clipboard that they hold off on it. Like, they, they, they had a very clear path hope, to Drew so. winning the Rumble and yep. going to Roman if that was even on the table. No, right. I'm, saying now they, it's, I'm saying now it's on the clipboard. I'm not saying it was always. I'm saying I, and I don't, today, I don't, right I, now, it is. Right, and I don't, I don't believe that anything has... Like, these still... You know, we, we see Drew Roman and we see, you know, basically the future of WWE right there. We saw that stare down. The reason that, you know, this amplified as much as it did is because, you know, presumably or possibly, I shouldn't say presumably, but these could be the guys for the next decade in WWE. So it's something we can go to at any time. I don't think that this is on the clipboard now when it wouldn't be on the clipboard before. I tend to agree with Aaron. I like I, I, I do I did I felt like Sunday night was about how do we best protect Drew and acknowledging that he's one of our top stars right now um, and that we are invested in him and buy into him moving forward, but also say, but we're also telling you that Roman is sort of the king of kings and he has to win. So how do we best protect Drew in the process? Now in watching that, Again, there's no doubt in my mind they say, huh, that could be something we could come back to at some point. Absolutely. But the the work that it would require to do, like, it, it just doesn't make sense. Like, you've got a top star on both shows right now. Why would you mess with that? Now, I get your answer. I don't think might, they should. Your yeah. answer might be, well, they've messed with a lot of things. And I hear you. Yeah, that's but, all I'm saying. But it's, it's so illogical at the moment that I... I couldn't even consider that until something would lead me in that direction that would make me consider it. Whereas coming out of it, I 100% continue to say, why do you keep doing all this work if we're not ultimately getting back to Roman and Jay? Like if, yeah. if, if, if AJ's scenario where, you know, this isn't really a story about Jay Uso is true, what the fuck are you doing? Like at some point, Stop making him a prevailing part of the storyline. Just make him a guy. Just make him, you know, a henchman. Just make him 
someone who's there. Stop beating us over the head with the idea that all of this is about Jey Uso unless that's the plan to go back to it. Like, and, and by the way, I hope that it is. I think it should be their plan to go back to it, in which case it makes all the sense in the world that you would, at the end of your main event, make it really about Jey Uso when if you, if you didn't care about Jey Uso, you're trying too hard. Like, there's no point to this yeah. if that's By the, the way, the, the way that they protected him in that loss I thought was really impressive. Um, on, fr- I was on, on Friday nights? Both. Friday. Well, and on Survivor Series, losing five on one. Not oh, got it, got exactly. it, got it. Got I was it. particularly talking about Survivor Series, but yeah, you actually bring up a good point in the other match as well. They protected him in both of those losses in, in a way that um, makes me more of a believer than I was before, where it's like it's telling the story of where he needs to get to, right? And 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 the expectation and the, you know, the five-on-one thing was genius. I, I never even thought about that as a possibility. And, uh, you know, it, it's funny because, you know, when AJ... When we we're talking about who would win that match, and AJ was like, "Well, these guys are going to do." It's like those guys were a red herring, right? It didn't matter who the five people were on the Raw team; they were there to be against Jey Uso. That was the whole point of it, which is amazing, right? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like yeah, it how right. they thought of that. It's great, right? It worked. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. Uh, who do we think is coming out of the three of the triple threat next week? Gotta be, gotta be AJ, AJ. right? Yeah. I mean, it feels like it has to be. It certainly feels like it has to be AJ. There's obviously no reason. Um, AJ's got the juice. He feels refreshed with what are we calling? Um, o- o- Oso, o- Oga, I, Ojo, I, yeah, something w- like that. Whatever, oh, whatever it is, I knew we were gonna botch this. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I gotta be honest with you, I don't know. And I, they've um, his name is. <laughs> well. God, his real name is coming up. God damn it. Oh, almost. Yeah, almost. Okay. Pride of Morgan State University right here in Baltimore. Um, sure. I still don't... They haven't really told us why it, it almost... It feels ex- like a safe, like, guy for Drew to just beat. It, it, right? If it's not... Yeah, if it's not Randy, if this is a one... You know, a quick one thing before we get to Rumble season, why not? Sure. No. Why, I, why I, do you I, say if it's not Randy? I mean, it's not Randy now. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like oh, Randy... Oh, sorry. Like, we need to get back to Randy here, and if it's not Randy, then it's, you know, it kind of feels like this is going to be just a one-pay-per-view thing. This isn't a prevailing feud. So, yeah. So, you think Randy's going to go over The Fiend? I have no idea what to make of that. There's a lot of weirdness with that. There's a lot of weirdness. There is no doubt about that. I'll tell you what it feels like to me. I don't think Drew's keeping the title. I think this is going to lead to The Miz holding the title after The Fiend has has defeated randy orton and 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 that's because the only way you can have the fiend go for the title is if it's against someone like that at this point like you can't really have him in a feud with randy orton so you have a tlc match them laid out and Miz cashes in something like that sure i I mean i think there's something there um wait wait, but you would have the Miz cash in on drew on drew after the tlc match and then the fiend move in for Rumble season or whatever. Okay. Yes. All right. All right. I, I, I feel again, like there's I something a... there. There's something there because they did the the Miz stuff and they didn't really blow it off. And he didn't. He wasn't even on Raw, right? Yeah. yeah. Was he? I don't think he was. 
Uh, not that I can remember. If it was, it was something very small. So they want us to forget. They're doing that thing now where they want us to forget about him for a minute. Um, you know, they always do with the briefcase holder. I don't know. There's something there. And then I also, if we don't get, if we don't get, <laughs> I guess it's going to be a tag team match, which makes the most sense at this point. Um, actually, and I never would have thought about that before Raw. But after Raw, it makes it like the whole time at Survivor Series, I was thinking, why didn't Bianca, like I thought at the end of the women's match, that Bianca, like Nia was going to try to put Lana through the table and then just get this nice little moment where Bianca helps her put Nia through the table and then we're just done with it, right? But then after they, what they did on Raw, we have to get a tables match, right? For the tag team titles? Yes. <laughs> it has to be a tables match at this point. Yeah, I mean, it, whether it's against us, whether it's Oscar and Lana or Lana and mystery a mystery partner, yes, 100%. Yeah. And then, and then, I mean, Lana's going to be the tag team champions. Yes, I don't. I don't love that though. That's on, the only reason I don't. You love can say it. you don't love it, but it's clearly what they're building. To. Well, I just don't love it with Asuka, right? Like, I don't love. All right, that's why I'm wondering if it's mystery partner. Yeah, I would far prefer it with mystery partner. I don't. I hate the idea of, of putting your champion in that. I, I just didn't. That did nothing for me. Um, like I. I it's it's I kind of it's weird. I feel the same way as you, but I also kind of like the Oscar Lana buddy thing. I I would like you've got like the most feared, ridiculous person ever with Lana. I, like that's the, the only something about that. If Oscar wasn't champion, yeah, yeah. I I would feel the good. same way. Yeah. And the other issue that I have with it is like if you're um if you're Lana and you take yourself seriously enough to go after the, the tag team championships, why wouldn't you want to be pursuing the, the women's championship? Right? Like, well, no, I don't think it's going to be that. I think it's going to be, Hey, you want, it's going to be like this week where it's like, Hey, you won, you beat them last week. So now you, you guys get the title match and she's not really going to want to do it. And Oscar's going to be like, like, I feel like they're going to keep uh, that consistent. I mean, they, where like, that's sure it's very flimsy to me and it still takes the your champion and it takes there's no championship I'll tell you what's not flimsy her putting naya through a table that's what i want that at this point sure sure i don't disagree with that i think that would be good uh anything else from survivor series we need to cover not from survivor series specifically no okay is there something else that you wanted to cover on this the truncated episode uh, I mean, I, I did want to say that the, I'm, I'm curious what's going on, whether, and, and it might just be as simply as that was a huge botch that hurt segment, uh, new day match and segment and everything going on was weird on raw. Yeah. Um, what, it might've just been a, and it might've just been a huge botch. Well, they screwed up the count out. Yeah. They, they screwed up the count out and then and the MVP it acted like the face and new day acted kind of cowardly. Like it, it might have been simple as that was a botch and they kind of panicked trying to get things together, but it was weird. Okay, all right. I mean, I, sure. I I don't know. Um, we could pivot back to SmackDown a little because I know I know even though you know typically the SmackDown before like a pay per view is kind of a nothing show, but that we did get something there, which is Daniel Bryan coming back with a weird haircut, and um, it feels like he's gonna be. The guy? I, I think he's the match at Rumble. Yeah. yeah. Against Roman? Yeah. Yeah. Th I mean, they're definitely planting the seeds for Daniel Bryan Roman. The question only becomes, when is it? Is it at the Rumble? Is it, well, is it at TLC first? Then, if not, then is it Rumble? Or are, are they kind of planting the seeds in case they decide at the last second, okay, we, we want this for Mania? 
Yeah, as we've talked about a million times, he's always the in case of emergency break glass option. Um, but I, you know, it it needs to be Jey Uso, so I don't want to have that conversation. I just I just don't want to do that. I hear you. I th- I think that's something they're gonna do, but I think it's it's a to buy the time type of thing. It's to buy the time and get through to when the big plans are. What do you make of the Braun Strowman Adam Pierce thing? Hmm. Like it, it's a thing. It's a thing they do with giants all the time. They they think it's a good way to make a, a you know badass giant, and it's generally you know kind of fifty fifty whether or not it actually works for the character or not. But what does it do for the character? I guess is my question, right? Like, th- is it supposed to make him a heel? We don't. I I don't really know how that helps the character in any way because we don't know what Adam Pierce is. Right. So that that's the thing. Like, I, I think it's supposed to be a heel thing. But again, Adam Pierce did kind of act like a dick. Right. So, yeah, I mean, they, they definitely yeah. are. They definitely are painting the corners with him where you're like, why would you do that? Like, why would you care what Bobby Lashley has? Like, why would you care what uh, who are the people that were influencing backs? Like, they just well, say it, something. It was- it Randy. was Bobby Lashley MVP and and Randy. Yeah, he listened to all the heels and just did what they wanted or whatever, kind of. So right. it's like, and, and he's done that before, by the way, where it's like, oh, okay, I'm going to put this person in a handicap match because they want it. It's like, wait, what? So it is weird that they kind of paint the corners of heel with him. Um, but then at the same time, they do the opposite, too. So it's, it, it is weird. Um, I... You know, my brain goes crazy when I see stuff like that. And it you could be right. It's just a nothing like we just want the monster to look dominant. It, it, I started to wonder if, you know, with the sus- they said he's suspended. And is this going to turn into like, you know, him? Well, OK, I just had another really stupid thought. My first thought was like, are they trying to like Braun Strowman's kind of the big show now, right? Where they're going to kind of. He's won the title, but they're going to kind of try to do something with him that's separate from that. Does he is he going to fight Triple H? Like, <laughs> like, I don't know why that popped into my head. It was I mean, like, I mean, maybe who knows? Like, I, I, I mean, I, I think you're right about the fact that he's big show. He's kind of a, a featured attraction, not necessarily a normal wrestler at this point. So, sure. I, I, I think my answer, unfortunately, really is acknowledging that he's basically the big show. Like, I. It's kind of a who cares, and, and, and he I hate looked that. amazing. That's the other thing. I, I mean, I will say this: I, I was like, I couldn't believe how great he looked, and 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 everything we're we're talking about right now, I, I was thinking about that and how great he looked at the same time, and just being like, like you're, I think you know, you were saying like, it's like, oh man, like look at this guy. Like when he was a little bit, I don't even know what the right word for it is, but less shape, good shape than he is now. It didn't bother me as much, but now looking at this guy, like it kind of bothers me that they can't figure it out. Um, I, you know, we had this conversation too many times about Braun Strowman, man. Like, yeah. I, he should have, he shouldn't have become the Big Show. He should have been a thing, but I, and his title reign was such a nothing. Yep here here we are. Yes, this is this is where we are. So I I don't know what you do now that suddenly makes us care. What, one more thing I do want to say about Survivor Series right, that quickly. could be interesting. I, I know we're, we're going. Uh, the Seth Rollins thing, obviously it's time because uh, Becky is due fairly soon here. But could, do you think this could turn into something bigger when he returns, whether it's a character change? Or was that just, 
all right, we're kind of doing something that makes sense for him. We've seen him do that move before, and he just buys him some time off. Um, I think knowing what we know about Becky, that makes it it it, it makes you feel more that way. Like the. I, I, I guess my answer is it could be anything, and typically when people do take time off, it's an opportunity for you to reimagine. Now, how much time he's taking taking off, we don't know. I, I, I don't want to say anything strongly about it. It it didn't. It wasn't illogical to me. It made enough sense once you started thinking about what was going on that I don't want to overreact to it in any way. I think that's fair. I just, I, as you put it, I think there's a way to, now that you have a little breathing time, kind of reimagine what you want to do with Seth, sure. whether it's continue down this road or change it up. No, I mean, look, I think you've gone about as far as you can go with this character. I just don't know what more you can do with this character other than to just say this is who he is now and it doesn't matter how much success he has with it when he shows up. This is who he is. He's going to be this guy and... You know, as we said all along, at some point you have to accomplish something in order to be a messiah, like in order for to have followers. If all you keep doing is losing, and it it sort of doesn't make any sense, but it's also plausible that they just say, "Okay, that's just who he is," and he just keeps using the, the greater good, and that's moving for eternally, no matter what, no matter how nonsensical it is. That's what we know about Seth Rollins. That's plausible. I, I. That's sort of how professional wrestling works sometimes, is that even when you don't know, do no work at all for there to make there be any logic behind what it is that you're doing, people choose to believe it anyway. Um, so that, that, that could happen. All right. Um, if you are with us on uh, – God, I, now I feel like a jerk. We, we post the show in a few different places. Of course, we post it on um, – soundcloud and on itunes and you know you always find the show in those spots and so the show will just be up as it is in those locations but if you happen to be one of the people that's listening to this show we have a a partner named nate lewis who um airs the show as well and we have a bit of a you know i don't want to say an overwhelming audience but we have a bit of an audience that comes through his platform and i feel like a jerk because i should have known the name of it off the top of my head and i don't and I've been trying to buy time while I said this in order to come up with it, and I didn't. But um, such is life. I'm a bad guy. That's the way that it goes. It's U.S. Sports Radio. Thank you, U.S. Sports Radio. Uh, I'm going to throw the, uh, the Young Bucks interview back on again for anybody that might have missed it last week, so you can check it out again at the end of the show just because we're doing a short show this week. Does anybody want to plug anything? Check out VEASAN. We just released the College Hoops Guide, VEASAN.com. If if there if there ends up being a college hoop season, that'll be helpful. Uh, hey, there's basketball going on right now. I'm I'm aware. I'm very aware. Uh, Brandon, do you want to plug something related to Thanksgiving? I, I don't, but I do want to plug a match that everybody should watch that we haven't talked about on the show. And somehow I found myself watching this yesterday. Um, a few weeks ago, maybe it's a month ago at this point, or I don't even know how long ago it was. Um, on NXT UK, there was a championship match between Walter and Ela Dragunov. Okay, so good. Holy shit! Like, just go watch that match. Right, like, dude. if 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 you want something, you know, another kick-ass wrestling match to watch. It, it's it's brutal. It's you know, if you've ever seen some of the NXT UK takeovers, it is a takeover main event for sure. Very good. Go check that out. Um, I'm at Glenn Clark Radio, glennclarkradio.com. Uh, of course, at the AOster, at Brandon Linton, at AJ Francis 410. Have a uh, very happy Thanksgiving. Uh, be safe and, uh, and hope everyone maintains health during this uh, time. 
for Brandon, for Aaron, and for the main event. Vent. 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 AJ Francis, I'm Glenn Clark. This is Ben jobbing out. Happy Thanksgiving. Fuck AJ for being in DC and not coming on the show. We didn't invite him, though. And indeed, it is an absolute pleasure to be joined now by the AEW Tag Team Champions. The book is available right now from Backyards. Killing the business from Backyards to the Big Leagues. They, of course, are Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Boys, what a thrill. Thank you for taking the time. Can you take me through, like, during this incredible journey of your guys, when you decided, hey, this might actually make a pretty good book if we sat down and wrote about it at some point? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I I don't even think I even thought of it until, like, Matt got a call from Harper Collins, and they actually offered us to write a memoir. And it was always Matt's uh, bucket list goal to write a book. So I never really even thought of it. And Matt had thought of it for a long time, so we couldn't uh, turn down that offer. And we... We realized we had a unique career, and uh, it it fits for a good book, and we're glad that uh, we got it done. To say the least, man, to say the least, your story fits for a good book. It, it, was there a moment in your career where you guys realized, hey, this is, what we're doing is, is unique. This is not the same path that other people have taken. This could be something that, that could be a story, whether it's a book or not, a story that could be told for years to come of, of how we did something far different than anybody else in this business. Yeah. I I think that when it became a full blown movement for us was when we put out being the elite and it was getting, you know, 250,000 views and our meet and greet lines were three to four hours long. And every town we went to was sold out every t-shirt in the audience 90 percent of the t-shirts were young bucks or bullet club Mm -hmm. t-shirts that's when we started realizing that that we were stumbling upon something historic and something crazy that hadn't happened in wrestling when you could turn on a a wwe episode of monday night raw or smackdown and you could spot a dozen young bucks or bullet club (laughs) t-shirts in the front row or whatever that's that's when we knew this was becoming larger than us this is this was this was something special that probably should be documented you know and uh i remember you know when when we announced the on sale for the all-in show and that was kind of the culmination of everything i just discussed when we sold out over ten thousand seats in less than 30 minutes yep. that's when i realized i was just like this 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 is a move this is a movement and uh i i i journaled early on in my career when we first started going to japan and stuff because i read so many wrestlers books and they talked about their you know, their journeys and their time in Japan. I knew that that was something special too. So like I, I was, I was doing it. I think knowing that one day we'd probably turn it into a book. Um, I just always knew in my soul, I would tell, I would tell my parents, I'm going to grow up and be a famous wrestler. I would tell my parents, that, or I would tell my wife, Dana, don't worry. One day I'm going to make a lot of money and we're going to have a big contract. Like it's just something I, I knew in my heart that, I was born and destined to do. And when you know, you just know. You hear that from a lot of, you know, famous athletes or celebrities or whatever, uh, actors. They, they, when you're destined to do something, that there's nothing that's going to stop you. And Nick and I were so tunnel-visioned on, on, on living this dream. And we weren't going to, you know, accept no. And, and here we are now, and we're, we're just so blessed to be in the position that we're currently in. 
Again, the book is available right now. Young Bucks Killing the Business from Backyards to the Big Leagues. Matt and Nick are with us. Um, Matt, Nick, I, look, there are so many things that we, we are nerds. We have to admit that. We're such nerdy yeah. fans, and there's so many things that we want to cover, and we don't get that much time with you. If I could start, you know, you, you have this incredible journey. You get, you create AEW. It's this phenomenon. But, like, you know, no pun intended, like, instead of bucking the industry now, you're, you're kind of part of the business, right? Like, you're the executive vice president of the company. In, in what ways is it difficult to both walk the line of being a performer and being responsible for making this company exist and thrive and work and establish itself. When is that tough for you guys doing both things at the same time? Right. That's, uh, that's something we still struggle uh, with to this day. Uh, because Matt and I, we, we love being one of the boys, you know, we, we like, uh, hanging out with the guys. We, we, uh, we feel like, uh, we're still a, a part of that, like, but at the same time, we know that we're, quote-unquote, the office, so mm-hmm. uh, we know that some wrestlers probably won't uh, talk to us like uh, normal anymore because we have the responsibility of helping book these guys or push these guys or things like that, so it, it's difficult, but you know what I mean? Like, uh, we're still working on it, and, you know, we that's why we we still do things like go into the uh, the locker room and hang out with the guys and talk with them and chat with them. And we just want everyone to be happy. And not all the time everyone is going to be happy. And that's the hard part is balancing that. Like, I'd never like to see anyone mad with with their uh, creative and things like that. So, I don't know, it's, it's something that we're, we're probably going to uh, work on the rest of our careers, you know. And being being on that side of it, do you now sort of identify more, or can you sort of see the other side of the uh, pressure or the struggle um, that you have on that on that creative side of the business when you're not just the performer, you're you're on that side, and, and what you do affects the performers. And do you now sort of sympathize with how hard that is on its own without even? you know, acknowledging the fact that you're performers oh. yourselves. Absolutely. I sympathize so much with every promoter or booker I've ever worked for. Mm. And I realize just how, how difficult it, uh, it is and what a difficult task it is to, to be responsible for so many wrestlers, uh, guys and gals, and, and trying to get everybody on the show and, and trying to get everybody a great segment or a great match. It, and it's really, it is impossible to make everybody happy. And, and, and it's, it's tough to tell people, Hey, you have to wait your turn because nobody wants to wait their turn. They want to be the <laughs> featured act and they want to win every match. Right. And that's just the way the industry works, you know, and, and it's tough. And, and someone told me in the beginning when we first became executives of this company, that this is a lonely job and it's a thankless job. And, and I learned that really quick. Hmm. And, because you're usually only told how bad of a job you're doing. Nobody's ever going to really pat you on the on the back and be like, "You're doing really great," you know. Like especially in this era of social media toxicity, where you're only really you know mentioned when when they want to complain, you know. So that it, that makes it tough because you never really know when you're doing a good job because nobody's going to tell you you're doing a good job. They're only going to tell you when you right. suck. You know? <laughs> but I, 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 I sympathize for for anybody who's ever been uh, in a, on a creative team because. It's an impossible job, and you just have to do your best 
and, and that's all we can ever do at the end of the day is go, we tried our best, we did our best with that episode, and we'll do another one next week because there's always next week. Yeah, well, you, you guys could not have defined professional wrestling fans any better than that right <laughs> there. Um, just another minute or two here with the Young Bucks, killing the business from backyards to the big leagues. Um, guys, we had a whole conversation last week. Your colleague, uh, Cody Rhodes, made a comment on a media call about uh, storylines and the way that we think about the concept of storylines and why maybe they're not necessary anymore in professional wrestling and what you guys are doing. Um, there have been people that have suggested that like traditional faces and heels are not necessary anymore. Where do you think in 2020 and, and moving forward the need for good, well-told storylines and for traditional heels and faces is in the world of professional wrestling? You want me to take it, Nick? I think uh, for, yeah, for me... Uh, man, I feel like in 2020, with, with the limited, you know, audience even watching physically there, there's no crowd reaction there. So now's the time to really be able to experiment with whatever you want. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I think that good versus bad will always work, and it's it's the, it's it's classic, it's legendary, it's it's you know, since the beginning of time. That's the way that you tell stories, right? But any good television show that I watch these days has nuanced characters who are interesting and it's, it's good people doing bad things, you know, like it's bad people doing good things. Like, man, I didn't know that main villain had a dog and he pets that dog and he loves that dog. That's weird. Like, you know what I mean? Like we're, we're human beings. Most importantly, we're human beings. Like I remember watching breaking bad and, and rooting for Walter White. Yeah, sure. Terrible yeah. things. Like I, I like, I like nuanced, uh, shades of gray characters and it can work in wrestling as long as the the wrestling fan who has become basically so used to watching a story start on hour one and be completed by hour two or three like they they those are the ones that i want to say hey keep watching week to week because there is going to be continuity and and if you do watch our show on a weekly basis we will tie every loose end and we will pay off every storyline just please trust us and watch us and have patience Sometimes people are like, I don't like where the story's going. I'm like, well, yeah, because you're supposed to struggle and, and it's supposed to be a little painful in week three because we have eight more weeks to tell that story. And, and res- wrestling fans want it right then and they want it right there. And, and, and sometimes that becomes uh, annoying for us because we're like, if, if, if I could just tell you, just pay attention and watch, this week is supposed to be this way. It's supposed to be a little confusing and convoluted this week, but trust me, we're going to pay off the story. I want to sometimes reach out to our viewer and grab them by their throat and say, listen, just listen to us, but you can't. You know what I mean? And, and it's up to us to, to entertain them, and, and hopefully by the end of the story, by the conclusion of the story, they liked it, and if they didn't, then that's our fault, and we have to try harder next time. All right, I promise I'm going to let you guys go, but I, we, we, are, we happen to be close personal friends with a couple of um, good brothers, and I have to know, it, we got the FTR match. Is there any hope? And you can say this in just three words. Is there any hope at all that at some point we get this other match that we really want with you guys as a story, speaking of a story that has been told in the past? Oh, man. Uh, yeah, never say never, I guess. Uh, especially in, in today's landscape of wrestling, uh, anything can happen. And if it's good for business and it makes sense, Matt and I are up for everything Love and it. anything. Uh, so, yeah, I would say maybe, who knows? Stay tuned. I love that. All right, Young Bucks, Killing the Business from Backyards to the Big Leagues. It's available right now. 
boys, uh, a, a thrill. Thank you so much for taking the time for us this week, man. Continued success to you guys in a remarkable, remarkable journey. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it.